This is Coach Ryan Walters, and you're listening to This is Purdue. Hi, I'm Kate Young, and you're listening to This is Purdue, the official podcast for Purdue University. As a Purdue alum and Indiana native, I know firsthand about the family of students and professors who are in it together, persistently pursuing and relentlessly rethinking. Who are the next game changers, difference makers, ceiling breakers, innovators? Who are these boilermakers? Join me as we feature students, faculty, and alumni taking small steps toward their giant leaps and inspiring others to do the same. The grass is not always greener, right? To me, it gets green when you fertilize it and water it. And so I'm pouring into this job and pouring into this place and pouring into this community. My two boys are nine to seven and I hope they say they're from West Lafayette when I grow up. So if that holds true, then that means that I will have done what I thought I could do here and we'll have built something here that is longstanding. In this episode of This is Purdue, we're talking to our new Purdue University head football coach, Ryan Walters, just in time for football season. You'll hear more about Coach Walters' journey to Purdue and how he felt when he got that call from Purdue Athletics Director Mike Babinski offering him the job. Coach Walters also discusses growing up in a family of football fanatics, the importance of relationship building with his players, and how it feels to be one of the youngest collegiate head coaches in the entire country. Plus, what can Purdue football fans be excited about this season? And how will Coach Walters feel as the new Tiller Tunnel opens to a packed Ross-Hade Stadium during the home opener versus Fresno State on September 2nd? You'll hear all of this and more as we celebrate a new era of Purdue football with Coach Walters. Good. Good, good. Hey, and if he's cutting you on the inside, get on his outside. Go fly around, fly around, make play. Fly around, make play, good eye. Keep improving, man. We had the opportunity to interview Coach Walters in July. He had just gotten back from a family trip to Hawaii. And if you remember from our This is Purdue spring football episode, Coach named his two Bernadoodle dogs after his family's favorite spots in Hawaii, Maui and Kona. So Hawaii is a special place for the Walters family. We kicked things off by discussing Coach Walters' childhood. As you'll hear, his love of football was instilled in him from a very young age. Coach Walters, thank you so much for joining us on This is Purdue. I know our listeners are so excited to learn more about you and this new era of Purdue football, right? So let's kick it off, get to know you a little bit. What was your childhood like growing up in Colorado? It was a fun one. You know, um, my parents are young. They had me, you know, when they were 16. So I feel like we grew up together. I had a, my brother uh, right around when they were 21. So I was like five and a half. You know, dad played football, so I grew up in a locker room. He had a, a bunch of injuries. I think he had like three ACLs coming out of college. So he ended up going to law school afterwards. So we spent some more time in Boulder. Quiet community. Lived in family housing, which was, you know, our apartment was right across the street from the practice fields. So I just felt like I was always around football. Took a liking to it at a young age. You know, my parents sort of fed that for me and was always, you know, playing baseball, basketball, football growing up, just whatever season the sport was in. That was what I was interested in. And then, you know, I went to high school in Aurora, Colorado, uh, Grandview High School, um, played quarterback my whole life, didn't, didn't really play a down of defense until I got to college. So that was interesting. But it was, it was good. You know, I had a, a good support system, you know, was a part of really good communities that helped cultivate the things that I was good at and, and tried to strengthen my weaknesses. And, you know, I think I'm where I am today as a result of my past. 
Was there ever a day you were like, I'm not going to go the football route? Or was it always ingrained in you? Uh, there was one day at the University of Arizona, I was GA there. And I was came down to like the final two for getting the full-time secondary job. And Dwayne Aquina was the secondary coach at Texas at the time. Um, was an alumni at the U of A. And, you know, Mike Stoops was the head coach at, at the time. Told me, you know, if, if we're going to offer the job to Dwayne, if he takes it, he, obviously he got, he's got it. But if he doesn't, um, you got the job. And so I'm thinking there's no way, you know, Coach Aquino's going to leave Texas to go to Arizona. He ultimately did. And so that day I was like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> um, those are when you, when you had, you know, one GA per side of the ball. We had a, a QC, but he was a special team. So I was doing everything. This was before PFF and and all of those things. We didn't have any student assistance. So um, I was inputting all the data and, and doing all the, the dirty work. But, you know, I obviously loved the game, loved uh, the people I was working for, uh, stuck it out. And I think it was like three weeks later, Akina went back to Texas. So I got my first full-time job. So glad I uh, stuck through that, you know, 24 hours worth of temper tantrum. Coach Walters has already overcome a lot in his 37 years. From health issues and injury setbacks back when he played football in high school and college to losing a child with his wife, Tara, Coach Walters' persistence, tenacity, and resilience is a big part of why he's in the position he's in now as the Boilermakers head football coach. So how did Coach Walters keep going after facing all different kinds of adversity? Like I said, growing up in a household with a solid structure definitely helped. You know, I got to see a firsthand experience with my dad, um, you know, inner city L.A., pregnant with my mom at 16, injuries in college. And but he was just there was never an excuse. I never heard him complaining about anything. And so having that example in the home really helped just how to deal with adversity and how to lean on people around you when when it gets tough. I'm mean, really realizing that the sun is going to rise and set no matter what is what is going on in your personal world and and the world doesn't really care you know it's that you know people are still going to have good days people are still going to have bad days and it's just kind of what you do with your 24 hours and who you surround yourself with that can kind of pull you through those adverse moments on december 13th 2022 coach walters was announced as the 37th head coach in purdue football history previously coach walters was the defensive coordinator at another big 10 school university of illinois for two seasons Prior to that, he served as a defensive coordinator at the University of Missouri. Coach Walters was officially hired at Purdue at age 36 and became the fourth youngest coach in the Power Five conferences and the eighth youngest in the Football Bowl subdivision, the top half of Division I college football. So what made Coach Walters go for this coveted role of head football coach at Purdue University? You know, one, we, we played against Purdue the last two years I was at Illinois and, and didn't come out on the uh, the victors <laughs> column. So um, th this was one of the schools, you know, as a defensive coordinator was the most difficult to prepare for. And so I knew the, obviously knew the lay of the land from a conference standpoint and this side of the Big Ten. But other than that, I didn't know a whole lot about Purdue. I, I knew that Drew Brees played here a long time ago, right? Being a quarterback guy and, and a fan of, of that position. I knew it was a great academic school. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't know a whole lot. So going through the interview process, when I saw Louisville opened up, I thought there was a high probability that, that Coach Brown would go back just because of the, the last time that that job was vacant and his history there, him and his family's history there. And I remember calling my agent saying, hey, if Brown leaves, like that, I'd be definitely interested in that job. And he's like, we know we're already on it. 
Um, so I had an initial phone call with, um, with Mike and Tiffany, and that just felt easy. It felt fluid. Um, so that really sparked my interest even more in the job. And then um, sitting down in our last in-person interview, just the idea of what it takes to be successful at this level, the idea of what type of resources are required to be successful on a consistent basis at this level, their vision for that was in alignment with mine. And that, I think, is rare in today's college athletics and the landscape of, of college football specifically, where you've got alignment from the president to the administration, to the athletic department, to football, you know, it's it's hard enough to win games on Saturday. So if those things aren't aligned, it makes it even more difficult. And so I remember walking out of that that interview and calling my wife and saying, I really want this job because I want to work with those people. Maybe 18 hours later, I, I get a phone call and to get the job offer, accepted it. And then, you know, I'm coming down from Cherry Lane and you see the facilities, you know, you see the, uh, the community and, and how inundated the fan base is with the athletics here, you know, the proximity to Indy and Chicago and St. Louis, and you got a, you know, a major airport that's an hour away. And I feel like I was a 16 year old, got a keys to Lamborghini. So (laughs) I'm hoping to be here for a long time. Coach Gerald talked about coming out of that locker room in Mackey, walking down that hallway with that same kind of vision that you had coming down Cherry Lane. Not many things can give you that feeling of being a 16 year old driving a Lambo. You have to love it. Coach Walters reflects back on what it felt like to get this job offer. Take us back to that phone call when you got it. What was going through your mind? One, it was, you know, when I got into the profession, I I knew I wanted to be head coach um, at a young age. And so I knew in order to do that, I wanted, you got to be a coordinator. You got to do very well as a a coordinator to get a look to be a, to get interviews for jobs like this. When I got into the profession, I knew I wanted to be a coordinator by 35 and head coach by 40. And so I, I remember getting that phone call and talking to Mike. And, you know, when I hung up, I was like, wow, this is, this is real. Like, it happened. And it happened a little bit earlier than I thought. And, you know, it was the same way as the defense coordinator, too. So I'm um, just keeping the trend going right now. So I had to ask, how did Coach Walters, who didn't have any experience as a head coach yet, sell himself for this role at Purdue? And what are the advantages of being a young collegiate head coach? You know, I think the age in and of itself lends it to having organic relationships with the players. It's just, you know, I speak the same language. We listen to the same music. You know, I can still get in and down on a, on a video game, you know, from time to time. <laughs> and then also, too, it just, I think you have a better sense of kind of what's going on from a societal standpoint. You know, there's there are things that are distracting that weren't the case you know, 10 years ago with social media and everybody's a critic and everybody has access to a wide network of, of people. And so I just think looking at it from a, a different lens and really keeping the focus on the players and what their experience is and, and having no egos in the building, I think is, it's easier to, to do that at 36, 37. So I definitely have used that to my advantage and also use it as a chip on my shoulder to continue to get better and evolve, you know, year in and year out. That leads to my next question. Are there any disadvantages where you ever doubted during some of your interview processes at other schools or other for other positions? Yeah, I mean, the question was always, what makes you the right person for this job? Because you've had zero years of experience as a head <laughs> right. coach. Um, but every first time head coach has had zero years of experience. But I think with this landscape and the ever-changing world that is college football, you know, I felt like I was more ready than 
somebody that's been doing it for 20 years. You know, you look at it in terms of a, a corporation and all of a sudden somebody's been working, you know, 20 years at that same corporation policy changes. Well, it can be really hard for, you know, that employee to change. Sometimes they might even fight that change. Whereas you get that same company and somebody is employed right when that policy changes, you know, they, they thrive in it, they adapt to it and it's a easy transition. So, you know, with NIL and player empowerment and the transfer portal and all those things, I don't look at them as difficulties. I look at them as opportunities. And so I just think, you know, with me coming on the front end of this frontier, I think it'll be easier for myself and my staff to adapt to the changing landscape. I asked Coach Walters what it was like to transition from a defensive coordinator to a head coach. I think the thing that's been most difficult is just at practice. You know, I can't get too excited about one side of the ball, <laughs> you know, winning a play over, over the other and sort of that balance of controlling emotions, right? You know, if Hudson throws a pass to Dion, you know, for a deep touchdown, like I'm happy as heck that we scored a touchdown. It was a great play, but I'm also upset because we allowed a touchdown on the other side of the ball. So just that balancing act and really getting involved in both sides of the ball has been um, not hard, but but different for sure. Speaking of practices, I've heard your practices are laid out a little bit differently than a previous football era here. So what's that vibe like? Why is it important to you to, you know, play the popular music, have that really disciplined schedule when it yeah. comes to practices? Well, we try to put as much stress and pressure on them as possible while still keeping it fun and engaging. You know, it's there is no replacement for experience. And so to to try to, you know, fabricate the experience and, and put you in situations and scenarios that applies pressure and, and a lot makes you think on your feet and react. Those things are important just to, to be ready for a game day and game day like atmospheres. Has it really hit you yet that you're in the ranks of the Jack Mollenkoffs and Joe Tillers as the head coach at Purdue? It has. I was walking through the lobby with my two boys, you know, with the cradle of quarterbacks and the dinner defensive ends and I don't know when they had changed it, but they, it also shows the head coaches. And then my name is there. And <laughs> you know, my wife turns to me and she's like, no, you will ever forever be, you know, in stitch in the history of Purdue football. When she said that, I was like, wow, this is, it is real. Like seeing my name on the, on that wall and with the dash next to it. And, and now it's, you know, what do I do with that dash? What will he do with that dash? Well, he's already done a few major things. And one was within his first few days on the job back in December of 2022. Coach Walters awarded Boonville, Indiana native and former walk-on Devin Mockaby with a scholarship. This star running back is a certified mechanic and is studying mechanical engineering technology at Purdue. Here's a clip of this special moment thanks to Purdue Athletics. You know, first, where's, uh, where's Devin at? Where's, yeah, Devin, what's up, man? Stand up, bro. So obviously, like, I played against y'all, right? When I found out he was a walk-on, I'm like, what the hell going on over there? Uh, so first order of business, I'm going to pull rank right now. You on scholarship, right, dog? So that, so that, I guess that's what it feels like to flex a little bit as a head coach, you know what I'm saying? Congratulations, man. Couldn't, couldn't be more happy for you. It's no surprise this announcement went viral on social media. And many fans felt that this gesture kicked off a momentum and energy within this new program. And they're right. Many of the Purdue players have been quoted in interviews saying this team is fun. It's energetic. It's exciting. It's a family atmosphere. I've heard that word again and again and again. Family. 
Coach has already created this family feel within the Purdue football program. And part of building that family, well, you have to do some exceptional recruiting, right? Coach Walters discusses the significance of getting quarterback Hudson Card in the transfer portal. See, Hudson transferred from the Texas Longhorns and is a key piece of a new air raid-based offense. Both Coach Walters and offensive coordinator Graham Harrell have said Hudson is, quote, special. So how did Coach land this special QB? And how does he recruit the right fits for this Purdue team and culture? Yeah, it was huge because we didn't have a quarterback with any experience on the roster. And so, you know, I knew with, with Aiden leaving and obviously playing against Aiden the last two years, I knew what caliber of, of player he was and how important he was to not only this offense, but this team. And so talking with, with Nate and just going through the roster when I first got here and seeing that void and, and that position is the most important position in sports, period. And if what I was saying through the interview process was to win a championship, then I know I had to go get a high-level quarterback in order to do so. And in my opinion, you know, Hudson was the best one in the portal. And so made that priority number one. As soon as we hired Graham as as the offensive coordinator, picked him up in Dallas and then went to go see Hudson and his family at Lake Travis. And, you know, the history has been ever since. So just the great family. Hudson's been doing a great job. Just I thought his approach to coming in here and, and taking the reins was exactly what you needed. You know, he didn't, he didn't come in here and was pointing and holding people accountable off the jump. He came in, put his head down, went to work and earn the respect of his, of his teammates and of everybody in the locker room. And, you know, I think his talent speaks for itself. And once guys sort of saw what he was capable of doing, they, they really backed him 100%. Relationship building seems really important to you. Why is that? I think people forget we are like the service business, right? Like this, uh, like I played my last down. I, I will never put on cleats ever again. <laughs> people don't go into the into Rossi to, to watch any of us coach. They come to watch the players play. And so I think, um, you know, if your focus is on their experience, then your focus should also be on, on your relationship. And so I think, you know, we've done a, a good job as a staff of putting people in place that care about this profession in that way. When these relationships last a lifetime, you know, I hope one day that everybody in the locker room, you know, invites me to their wedding and, and sends me uh, Christmas cards and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So especially with the transfer portal as well, I think, you know, your relationships are more important now than ever. When you're, you know, trying to recruit Hudson to come to Purdue, when you're trying to recruit all of these players, frankly, what are the selling points? How do you sell Purdue? Why do you think students want to come here? Well, I think the university sort of sells itself um, just from an academic standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint. And then, you know, we just try to show them who we are. And it's not fabricated. It's not rehearsed. It's real and it's organic. And so I think we can, we offer a unique experience just in that sense where we're we try to make everybody feel comfortable in their own skin. Um, we're still giving them parameters and guidelines on, on how to improve. But I definitely think it's important when you walk out of this building with your eligibility exhausted and your, and your diploma in hand, that you are confident and comfortable in your own skin uh, when you enter the real world. And how does Coach Walters and his team of coaches mentor their players and build those relationships both on and off the field? I think just like you talked about earlier with the relationship building, you know, I've been a part of staffs where, you know, the head coach like mandates, okay, you know, twice this month, I want you guys to have your players over for dinner, you know, things like that, take them to get a meal. So when I got the job, I didn't want to do that because I just wanted to see, you know, how our staff would interact. I, I know most of these guys have worked closely with most of them. 
the guys that I didn't know came highly recommended from people I really trust. And so I wanted to see sort of how they interacted with the guys in the locker room. And to a man, like they've had multiple dinners and multiple meals and seen movies and all kind of stuff. So undirected from me. So that's been encouraging. And like I said, relationships are premium here at uh, Purdue. So as Purdue heads into this 2023 season, there's a new vibe. There's a buzz in the air. New coach, new quarterback, new look at Ross Age Stadium. The Tiller Tunnel, named after former Purdue coach Joe Tiller, the winningest coach in program history, will be a new addition as the Boilermakers face Fresno State on Saturday, September 2nd, during the first home game at Ross Aid. This new upgrade to the South End Zone will house the student fans and is sure to boost Purdue's home field advantage even more. So September 2nd, when you're getting ready to walk through that tunnel, what do you think you'll be feeling? I don't know. I mean, excitement, obviously. I'm sure there'll be a litany of, of emotions. But I'm excited to see these guys play. Like, they put in a lot of work, and Coach Rowe and his staff has done an awesome job with them through eight weeks in the in the winter and then now eight weeks in the summertime to get them prepared to go play football. And so I just, I'm excited to see what the, what the product is and, and see how guys react to adverse situations and how they feed off each other and, you know, how they handle things when things aren't going their way. I'm excited, and I think the fans can be excited for the same reasons, just the, the way this team has adapted to change, the way they've embraced it, and the way they've worked and put their head down and uh, really have been focused on what the goal is, and that's to win a championship. This university got close to it a year ago, and so it's not a rebuild. And obviously, we've got a ton of new players and lost a whole bunch of productivity from a year ago. But at the same time, you know, this isn't a, it isn't a rebuild. This is trying to elevate the standard and maintain that level of success. And so I think fans can be excited for the style of play for competitive, tough, disciplined football. And what can our loyal Purdue football fans expect from this team? These guys, like, they love football. So that's one thing about this program. Like, if you love ball, you're going to have a great time here and you'll thrive. If you don't, it's going to be really, really hard for you. So everybody we got in the locker room, I think they, they enjoy the game for the right reasons. Like, it's not for... Twitter followers and Instagram likes, so they love ball for ball. And that's um, evident by the amount of time they spend in this building, how much they hang out with each other, how much they enjoy doing extra. And so I'm excited to see that and how that looks in terms of productivity, you know, on Saturdays. What do you think the fans will be like September 2nd at Ross Aid? Well, I'm just glad I'm on the home side of it now. <laughs> um, I remember in 21, I think it was like an 11 a.m. kickoff. And we came out for warm-ups and the place was going crazy. And I'm like, what, what is going on? You know, <laughs> I was an hour and a half down the street. And we couldn't get anybody to the game. <laughs> so excited to be on the home side of that and looking forward to the season. As far as the upcoming schedule for this season, Coach Walters made sure to let us know he isn't worried about any of the games. Tell us a little bit about this schedule. It's pretty daunting, pretty challenging. How do you feel going into the season? Do you have any specific games you're really looking forward to or maybe even worried about? <laughs> <laughs> um, never worried. Okay. Okay. That's the last time I'll phrase a question like that. Coach went on to explain that this team's confidence is due to their preparation. And he promises that they will always be over-prepared as they challenge each opponent this season. Here's Coach Walters. You know, I'm looking forward to Fresno State. Like that's the first game. It's the first time we'll walk out of the tunnel as a new team and get to introduce ourselves to college football this season. As far as like the dauntingness of the schedule, I mean, it's the Big Ten. That's what you signed up for. I think it's exciting to, to have Ohio State and Michigan. Those are the two top dogs in this conference. 
And so you get to, to size yourself up twice in the, in the same season. It'll be difficult, of course. It's, in the, it's the Big Ten, like I said, but I'm excited and so are our guys. Clearly, setting that example for his team and supporting that family atmosphere within the football program is incredibly important to Coach Walters. And when it comes to his own family, Coach says they've been extremely supportive of this significant, life-changing career move. So how are his wife, Tara, and their two sons embracing life as Boilermakers so far? Tell us a little bit about your family and how they've been adapting to West Lafayette and this Boilermaker community. Yeah, they love it so far. You know, I got two boys, Aaron and Kaysen, who are nine and seven. You know, they're inundated in sports and everything athletic and but are still very well-versed. My wife does a really good job of getting involved in everything under the sun. So, but they moved out here after spring break and dove into Little League Baseball and um, developing friends and, and making this a community. And they really have had felt the support from the community. So it's been a, an easy transition. Do you and your family have any favorite spots yet on campus that you would like to visit, like to go to? Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I lived at the Union basically for <laughs> like 87 nights. Um, oh, my goodness. And so, the, you know, the restaurant and bar area there, you know, the food is great. The service is unbelievable. We like eating at East End and at uh, Ripple. Those are good spots. Uh, Yadagarasu is, is a, my favorite ramen place. Uh, basil Thai, I'm a big ethnic food, you know, love Thai food. Basil Thai is, is good right here on campus, and folks over at TAP do a great job for us as well. You've highlighted this a lot throughout the whole interview, but what does this Boilermaker community mean to you and your family right now? It's been everything. Like this transition, you know, anytime you move as a family, it's difficult. And so in this profession, you tend to move a lot. It can be hard on familial relationships. And so it would have been even more difficult if we moved here and weren't welcomed. So to see the excitement, to see the genuine, I don't know, like feels like they care about me and my family, you know, they want to see us do well. And so that just adds incentive for me in this chair to make sure I'm doing a good job and, and make sure this, this program is heading in the right direction um, because of the kind of uh, warm embrace that the community has, has given my family and I. You can read more about Coach Walter's persistence both on and off the football field on our Persistent Pursuit website. The article by Purdue Athletics is called Coach Walter's Man on a Mission, and it's linked in our episode show notes for you. Coach shares what persistence means to him. You've certainly been persistent, you know, in your football journey, your career. What does that word persistence mean to you? To me, it's really, it's like, it's how you should be if you got a goal in mind don't stop, you know, don't sell yourself short. Don't uh, be discouraged when it doesn't happen right now. So persistence is just continually trying to improve in order to reach whatever that goal is that you're trying to improve for. And as for Coach Walter's next giant leap? From a personal standpoint, it's we're building a house right now. And so I'm excited about that. But from a career standpoint, like I want to be here. I feel like the grass is not always greener. To me, it gets grain when you fertilize it and then water it. And so I'm pouring into this job and pouring into this place and pouring into this community. You know, I got, like I said, my two boys are nine and seven, and I hope they say they're from West Lafayette when I grow up. And so if that holds true, then that means that I will have done what I thought I could do here and we'll have built something here that is longstanding and hopefully I can retire and people will talk about the Walters area the same way they do the Tiller. I love that. I think our football fans will love hearing that too. 
No, just um, we're excited, and, and the guys have been working. You know, I just like I just got back from vacation and, and couldn't wait to get back, just to be around the people inside this building. And I missed West Lafayette. I'm excited to be here. We can't thank Coach Walters enough for spending time with our This Is Purdue team and sharing his story with us. If you want to watch our full video interview with Coach Walters, head over to our podcast YouTube page, youtube.com slash at sign, this is Purdue. Be sure to subscribe there so you never miss any of our podcast videos. And if you'd like to cheer on our Boilermakers this year, go to purdueSports.com for more information on football tickets. You don't want to miss the palpable energy Coach Walters and the rest of his coaching staff is bringing to this special team. This is Purdue is hosted and written by me, Kate Young. Our podcast videography for this episode was led by Ted Schellenberger in collaboration with John Garcia, Thad Boone, Zach Mogensen, and Allie Chain. We also had production assistance from Teresa Walker, Carly Eastman, and Delaney Young. Our social media marketing is led by Ashley Schroyer and Maria Welch. Our podcast photography is led by John Underwood. Our podcast design is led by Caitlin Freeville. Our podcast team project manager is Emily Jessalitis. Our podcast YouTube promotion is managed by Megan Hoskins and Kirsten Bowman. And our podcast research is led by Sophie Ritz. Thanks for listening to This is Purdue. For more information on this episode, visit our website at purdue.edu slash podcast. There you can head over to your favorite podcast app to subscribe and leave us a review. And as always, boiler up. Boiler up.